welcome to another episode where we talk about new MacBooks, AirPod Pros, the GitHub app, Swift UI, and a couple of other related things. This is Contravariance. Okay, good morning, Bas. Good morning, Benedict. I haven't seen you in a long time. It's so nice to see you again. Yes. After a month? Yeah, roughly a month. Or so? Yeah. I, I was on my way to, to work this morning, um, and I realized we're really good at zipping. And it's not like the swift zipping, you know, where it's like gone for the same amount of time, like zipping at the exact same point, but it's like in between. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That being said, we will both be gone all of December. Yes, so that's at also least, not wrong. At least we did that at the same time. Yeah. So for us, this is basically the last week of work. Yeah. 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 I mean... Well, not really, because next week I'll be going to my, I think, last uh, conference of this year, and I still have to work for that. So it's like two weeks of work, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the year is closing down. But also not really two weeks of work, because this week is Hack Week. Yes. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super energized after coming back from, well, not vacation, but a a work trip I wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. So um, you went to Barcelona and Valencia, right? Yeah. So yeah. I like a few months ago, uh, one of our colleagues reached out to me saying, "Hey, boss, we're opening uh, this new office in Valencia. Um, I would love to give a give a talk and organize a meetup. Um, do you want to give that talk with me?" And it was like, "That sounds perfect." Um, and then I was thinking about going there, and I was, "Well, if I'm going to Valencia, then..." I can also go to Barcelona uh, like I did last year. And it was so much fun. It was amazing. And I was actually super lucky um, because I, like, we're recording this on Monday and I, like, left, uh, like, Saturday a week ago. And just before, like, before I left, like, two days before that, I got a picture from a friend and she was like, yeah, so we're hanging out with this guy on Sunday. And I was looking at I was like, Hey, that's Sarouche. That's Sarouche Kanlu. And it's like, that can't be. Like, why would he be in, in Barcelona? He's from New York. And I, I asked, is that, is that Sarouche? And she was like, yeah, yeah, it's Sarouche. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he's he's in Spain for a month and, and traveling oh, nice. around after that. So nice. it, was, it was so much fun. That sounds like a great trip. It was. It was. Nice. And where have you been? Um, I was on Tenerife, like actual vacation. Like, mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend and I, we went there for... the a bit longer than a week, um, went running around, along the beach, went into the water, chilled a bit, um, had a very nice hotel, so it was all relaxing. And when I came back from that, um, I still had a couple more days of vacation um, that I took to chill at home. So I felt, you know, coming back from, from the nice vacation and stay a couple more days at home and just just to get us things done, ah, like that's, clean up and so on. That's always nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had the weekend, but yeah. Taking a few days off after after vacation is always nice. Yeah, and this weekend um, I was in Würzburg, which is a German city in Bavaria, um, to visit friends. That was also really nice. Only the way back yesterday, our train was cancelled. Um, and so the actual train back ride would have been four hours. But then we went on a different train that went over Berlin that took a long time. So we were on the train for like seven hours. Like the whole, all in all, it took a long time. Oh, no. And when, when did you leave? Because it was like... 
you could stay in Berlin if you had like a very early train. Although I'm also not sure if you would have no. the, the energy for that at that point. No, I mean the 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 last leg of the trip from Berlin to Hamburg is like one and a half hours. Yeah. So that's not the problem. The problem was everything before that. Well, so, sure. Yeah. Once we were in Berlin, we were like, okay, it's almost done. We, yeah, we, I, I meant more the excuse than to like get get some food in Berlin, for example. Yeah, but yeah, but can't uh, imagine that. Yeah, but I just want to go home at that yeah, point. Yeah, at that point, we just wanted to go home. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, while we both were kind of gone and on the... On kind of. Kind of, yeah. Well, because I was also in the office from time to time while you weren't here. Right? Well, you were, and you were also in the sure. office, but in a different one. Sure. Um, a lot of things happened. There was um, there were so many news. So, let's start with something I'm just picking from a list here. Um, there's a new MacBook Pro. Oh, yes. Yes. And you were very excited for that. Yes. I, I was hoping it would come, and there it is. Um, because here at Xing, every three years, employees get a new get new hardware. I'm I've been here for three years now, so I'm eligible for new hardware. And so I will probably try to wait a bit until everything is clear whether this machine can already be ordered, and then I'll I'll order it. So I'm looking forward to that one. And it it looks like a good machine. I've never been a, I, like many people. I've never been a big fan of the keyboard. Um, I'm using a Microsoft uh, Sculpt as as an external keyboard at home and at work. Um, but nevertheless, there are always times when you're on a conference or you're traveling and so on where you want to have, where you're not bringing a, an external keyboard. Um, and for that, I really didn't like this one much. I also had the one or other stuck key and so on. So, I mean, I don't, I didn't have the problems that other people have with this keyboard, but I didn't really like it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to the new keyboard and the new MacBook because it seems that it's very close to the Magic Keyboard, which is a really good keyboard. I like that. Yeah, I've I've heard I I haven't dug too deep into reviews etc. But I've heard good things, mm. uh, and I've only been here for a bit more than two years, so I'm like not necessarily like, you know, getting a new machine. Um, that being said, though, like while you were gone as well, something happened to my machine, my current machine, um, being my spacebar, was starting to act mm. up, uh, and it's been a longer time that my command key has starting to act up where it just doesn't work half the time. Um, so for some reason, traveling to Spain and opening in Bar- opening it again in Barcelona fixed the spacebar <laughs> for now. Um, but the command key is still an issue. So I've been um, I've been committing like an S key instead of when I wanted to like save a file. Yeah. And it's it's annoying, yeah. but it's at least not as annoying as the the spacebar because that's really just impossible. And then I was like, okay, let's go to internal IT. And they tried to fix it with the air pressure. Didn't work. Then uh, I went along with a colleague to to Apple mm-hmm. and see if they could, you know, also try the air mm-hmm. pressure or otherwise, like, hand it in. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, sorry, we don't have an appointment. You can check every hour and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it's like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. So I hope it won't break again, but let's see. Yeah, let's let's hope that um, you're fine for now. Uh, and other than that, that Apple gets its act together and doesn't require you to. But I guess they don't. I I feel like with this issue that that many people having it and how difficult it is to get a genius bar appointment nowadays, uh, then it doesn't help that they easily replace it if you can't get an appointment. Yeah, and then keep in mind that you know going to the Apple Store is about like five minutes from mm-hmm. from work, so it's like that is not even the issue. Yeah. Just getting the appointment is, is difficult. Yeah, that's really tricky. Um, and then the performance of the new machine, of course. Um, it seems it's really fast, which is good because if you have a big code base, especially if you have a mixed Swift Objective-C code base with a lot of Swift code and so on, compile times take a long time. 
And so having a fast machine really helps there, especially if you have a lot of cores, because with the new build system, everything can be paralyzed. And so... Well... Mostly. not. I mean, there, there are obviously issues depending on your dependency graph, but um, it's still better than just um, running in a non-paralyzed process where it takes all a long time. Yeah, I would say it's a great machine for it, right? And it's mm. an extra good like incentive or excuse to clean up or to continue our efforts to clean up the, the dependency graphs that we have actually. Yeah. Um, which is something we're, we're doing. And like that's, I think that's exciting. Um, on a more general level, um, what I also like about that new machine is that Apple actually went back to the drawing board with the keyboard. Because oftentimes Apple acts in a way where it does something and then even though people complain, like the removal of the headphone port, uh, Apple is like, no, this is the right decision and we go on with it. Uh, and there are many of many things where people uh, mourn for something that Apple removed or changed and they ignore that and they don't. But in this case, clearly, I mean, also given the failure rates. Uh, but nevertheless, they uh, they went back and they said, okay, we were, uh, they, this is probably not the optimal solution. Let's try something else. And that's really good. And I hope they will also maybe do this in other fronts where some of the current solutions are subpar and they, they try to learn to listen a bit more to the users. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I actually haven't listened to it yet. But there was also an interview with Phil Schiller. Mm. Um, and there he was also mentioning how they listen to feedback and how mm. they how they use it. And it's actually, I think it's an interesting point because we give Apple a lot of flack for this. Um, because we say, you know, there are so many people, they can just fix it. But it's, it's not that easy. Mm. Um, and it takes a long time. And it's also super hard to admit that you were wrong, right? Even if you try. Uh, and yeah, I think this is a great, you know, great to see that they're changing things mm. and that they are listening to feedback, which obviously they are. I mean, why wouldn't they, right? Uh, but seeing it, seeing it getting into the product now is is really cool. Yeah. Also, the escape key is back, and this is clearly a this is clearly a listening to feedback because the escape. I mean, the keyboard was changed because it broke, but the escape key was clearly changed because people needed it. Yeah, so that I think that was the number one complaint mm-hmm. from from users. Uh, so you have the physical escape key. To be honest, that's one of the keys that has failed the least on my touch bar. Like the touch bar has been flaky at times, mm-hmm. but the escape has been okay and I've gotten used to it. I think it's more when you, you you want to reach for it and you want to get the haptic feel that this is the without looking at the keyboard. Right. Yeah. That's actually an interesting one, the whole haptic feel, because there I, I remember like a year or, or whenever ago, there was this concept of like the keyboard will not be there at some point. It will just mm. be like a projection with haptic feedback, which, mm. you know, I don't think will happen because you also need to feel not just tapping the key, but also feeling the resting your, your fingers on the key. Um, but that was really interesting. This is a very nice segue into the next topic, which is the AirPods Pro. Because the AirPods Pro have this button on them when, that you can tap and it feels and sounds as if you're clicking a button, but it's not. It's just making something up that feels like a button, but it's not. So this is one of these tech, as you said, where at some point maybe it's really just a flat surface that acts uh, like 102 AirPod 2 buttons, AirPod Pro buttons, where uh, that, that act as if you're typing, but in actually it's a flat surface. Um, so there are new AirPods. There are new AirPods. Have you tried them? No. Um, okay. 
So I bought the old AirPods for the listeners. The old AirPods didn't fit my ears. My ears are very complicated. And my ears are very complicated in that the one ear is different than the other one. So I can't just, like, if I, if I have two static, non-changeable um, headphones, they I can't use them because at least one ear is different. Um, I bought the Powerbeats Pro this summer, which, which basically are AirPods for sports from Beats. And I'm pretty happy with them. Um, I'm afraid of trying the AirPods Pro because I'm afraid they will fit. <laughs> um, b because in comparison to the Powerbeats, they have this really ni the really nice uh, noise cancellation. And the, the thing where um, it also has this transparency mode and the case is smaller. So one thing against the, the Powerbeats that I have is that the case is really big. Um, and that's problematic because people that have um, AirPods, they have them with them all the time, basically, because they always fit somewhere in a pocket and you can just take them out. I can't do that with the Powerbeats. They're big. Um, so having, I think the, the AirPods Pro, if they would fit really well for me, even for sports, um, I might buy them. And so I'm afraid of trying them on. Yeah, I know. I know that feeling. I think I've seen the same with uh, people trying out the new keyboard on the on the mm. MacBook, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And I mean, I I feel like that's happened to me in 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 the past quite a few times, and I can't think of something at the top of my head right now. But it's like you try it, um, and then it's like, well, I kind of have to now. Well, I think the the, the most recent one, although quite a while ago. Uh, was the iPhone 10 when mm. I said, you know, I'm going to wait a year because after a year, they will support ProMotion, right? Which mm. they didn't. Um, I'm going to wait a year because I always waited two years for a new phone and I don't need this thing. And then I was one of the people really pushing towards supporting the iPhone 10. So I opened the simulator too many times. was like, you know what, boss, you deserve this. <laughs> Funny thing, since then I've not really bought any new Apple products anymore, mm. but yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, and if, you ex if you're excited about a product and it is a good product and you, th you think you need it or you deserve it, who knows, um, then I mean, and, and you, you can actually buy it, and so it's not a financial drain, then why not? So the, I mean, the AirPods Pro are a bit more expensive than the normal AirPods, so they clock in at 250 now which is the same price of the, as the Powerbeats Pro that I have. But, I mean, it's a lot of money. But on the other end, if you buy a proper Bose um, noise cancellation, they are also they are even more expensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, on that topic, like, I still have the Bose and, like, I don't really feel like I need AirPods because, you know, in most cases, the, 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 the Bose work. Mm. Um, and I'm still, like, super, super happy that I bought them. Like, they mm. are, like... 350 so mm. or so mm. but i've been been rocking them for about three years and like they've been worth every penny mm. other than the fact that sometimes you have to like the the ear cushions like mm. break and you have to replace them which is like 30 euros which is a bit you know a bit heavy but i'm still super super happy with those mm. and i've even heard from some people that claim that the AirPods Pro have better noise cancellation than those headphones, yeah, which is I crazy. Like, I don't feel like I need it, so it's still, like, fine, but that's, like, that blows my mind. Especially because they are so small, so you have the, them with you in your pocket all the time. The one thing about the, I, also, I have Sony um, noise cancelling headphones and the MDR, and the problem with them is they're big, right? I mean, it's not, I don't lug them around everywhere. Um, and so um, it's a conscious decision to bring them. And then it, it, I may end up in a situation where I didn't bring them, but I would like to have them. And then I, but then it's, they're, they're not there. But with the AirPods Pro, they're, they're so small. That's really interesting. Right. Yeah. So that's a problem I don't really have because like when I go to work, I bring headphones when I, you know, 
Like I've been to to Spain last week, and then I bring the headphones, and it's like I don't really get into a situation mm. where, like, I need just like all the space I have so that I can't bring my headphones. Mm. The only thing that I'm not really looking forward to, or or that's going to be interesting, is the summer. Mm. Um, because that's where I can't wear and don't want to wear yeah, like makes over ear headphones the whole yeah, day. That makes sense. And that's why I used to use my AirPods, which you know then missed noise cancellation. That was fine. Um, but the problem now is that those run out in like an hour mm. of charge. So you know maybe when the summer comes around, I you will look into AirPods. Nice. But let's oh. see. Yeah. Well, interesting. So um, it's also interesting that they it, that it was not announced at an event or anything. It was just released. So Apple is definitely changing gears in a couple of ways here. Um, another thing that was announced was there's now a GitHub mobile app. A well, it was announced. It was not released yet. And I hear you had you could already get a glimpse on it. Oh yes. So I mean, I was aware that this was was coming up, right? Uh, so I've been been working on uh, GitHawk, which is an open source GitHub app for like the last two years, I think. Um, and the person that started that project, uh, Ryan, he worked at Instagram. Uh, and he used that project basically to try Swift, which they're not using at Instagram, uh, and try IG ListKit, which is their um, collection view uh, framework in Swift and all of that. Um, and it, you know, it was an awesome project. And apparently, so that, like, that wasn't just my opinion. Um, because when Ryan announced that he was leaving Instagram, but a week or so later, he announced that he was joining GitHub. And that was obviously interesting, right? Uh, so he, he started there um, setting up mobile teams for both iOS and Android to work on an app. So I was, you know, aware that that was going to happen. Um, and then I, I actually asked about it like a few weeks back, uh, like at GitHub, and they were like, "Yeah, so just keep your eyes out for for the GitHub uh, universe, uh, and you know maybe you'll see something." Uh, so yeah, it was last Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't see it live because I was traveling. Uh, but uh, no, last Wednesday. And they announced GitHub for mobile. So super exciting. Uh, I've been able to, to join the, the beta and I've been, been trying it out. And it's a lot of fun because it's, it's, it's a great app. It's, it's, it's a beta. It's definitely not done yet, but it's so cool. It's just a super, well, it's not, I wouldn't say simple, right? But it's, it feels right at home. It doesn't do any branding. It's just iOS 13 through and through supports the things you expect it to support looks nice works so it's really cool what does it what does it do what features does it, does it offer from what which github feature is supported i didn't look i didn't see the uh, video i didn't really look into it yet, much yet which github features well which which of the features well what can you do on the phone with that app right so i think it's it's a similar idea to uh, GitHub at the moment Right, so you can look into repositories, you can look into user profiles, you can look into issues, into pull requests, you can do reviews, but I think you can only do like a, you know, one comment review rather than like per line. But I'm I'm pretty sure that's something they're going to be working on. Um, so it's it's mostly a viewer uh, when you're when you're offline, 
Um, and what is actually super cool is that you can see that it is very much based on GitHawk. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually wondering how they built the project because there is a lot of GitHawk in the GitHub app. So I'm not sure if they transplanted things or even started with the GitHub mm -hmm. app. But yeah, it's it's really neat to see those things. Uh, you just said offline. So does that mean you can actually clone stuff and then it's on your on your device? No, so it's not it's not a Git. It's not Git. Mm -hmm. It's GitHub, mm -hmm. right? So you have uh, apps for Git, like you have working copy, mm -hmm. you have Git to go. GitHub is not for Git mm -hmm. at this moment. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's for reviewing, it's for viewing issues, repositories, uh, pull requests, but it's not mm -hmm. for cloning. Um, can you edit files? Basically, you open in some sort of text editor to like a README and change something and commit it. This is this is not possible yet, mm -hmm. uh, at least as far as I know. But what uh, what used to be supported or, or is still supported in in GitHub is that you can open a file in uh, what I just mentioned in working copy. Mm. So that used to work and mm. I, expect, I expect that to come back. Mm. Um, but I do totally also expect GitHub not to do Git on mobile, at mm. least not for the first no, That makes sense. I, I didn't look into it yet. So mm -hmm. I'm just interested into, uh, into what it offers. Right. And I think what uh, coming back to like seeing that it's, that it's definitely based on, on GitHub, uh, I think the coolest thing that I, that I noted is uh, like I've, been working a lot on accessibility in GitHub, mm -hmm. and the accessibility support for for the GitHub app is great. That's cool. Uh, there are you know there are some small things that you know don't work yet, but then again it's a beta. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but they've they've been able to start from that from the get go, and it's mm -hmm. it's really good. Uh, and I can can I appreciate can appreciate that a lot. One one last question is iPad support. Yeah, so there's there's great iPad support, okay, cool. um, just like in GitHub. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have like master detail, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I haven't been able to try this yet. I don't know if they support the new like multi window, mm -hmm. um, but I expect that that's also something they would be looking into because it seems like they really want to mm -hmm. uh, support iPad and and really go for that. Um, and yeah, then one last thing I wanted to mention is what I think was the one of the cooler things as well, except. Uh, like apart from accessibility, is at some point I wrote this super small library, which is basically just one function uh, where you can add an image to a, a UI alert action. And that just gives it a bit more context and get a bit more, you know, liveliness. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like they've been, you know, they're still using that and they've been able to expand that to like other places where they use uh, um these actions and that's really like it's a really nice touch that i feel like yeah i you know i'm part of that that's cool yeah sounds really cool so yeah i'm, I'm super excited to see where this is where this is heading um and i'm sure i'll be we'll, we'll be hearing more and we'll be sharing more uh, on that project um i've still been working on i'm still working on a secret project that nobody really knows about you know that and i'm well, I, I don't know. Continuously, uh, continuously working on that, and it's also using SwiftUI, obviously. And um, I, I'm always running into new situations. And the most interesting one that that I found is that um, so if you do a pure SwiftUI app, you will not so much not run into this issue really because everything is SwiftUI. But there's this chism between uh, UIKit and SwiftUI where you have something in SwiftUI and you want to put it into UIKit. And what happens is 
SwiftGI uses very different layout model than UIKit. UIKit uses frames or auto layout, and SwiftUI uses its own model with v, v stacks and spacers and so on. Um, now, if you take a SwiftUI view and you, it does something, let's say you have, it has three texts below each other and you place that in UIKit, UIKit kind of needs to know the sizing, right? And it calculates that from SwiftUI and it automatically generates constraints. Mm -hmm. So there are two constraints added for width and for height. So you can take this view and let's say you can, with auto layer constraints, place it in the bottom right of your UIKit hierarchy. Um, and so now let's say you have you created a button in, you, uh, in SwiftUI. And so you have this button that has a width and it has a height and it's in the, bot in the bottom right of your view. Now, if within SwiftUI you change the size of that view, so imagine you tap that button and it grows, it, it grows to double its size. These auto layout constraints that are created from UIKit for SwiftUI, they are never updated again. So basically your SwiftUI view has a one static size and if with animation or in any other way due to user inter interactivity, the size changes, the layout constraints are not updated. So it just looks weird. Now you would say, well, I could just update it, but you can't because on a SwiftUI view, you can't ask the view what is your size? What is your frame? What is your height? It doesn't have this property. So there's no, well, in theory, you could think, well, when, when I press the button, I would just call like a closure and then I'll just ask the closure what the size is and I'll update the constraints myself. And you can't do that. That's not easily possible because you can't ask for the size. I found a way to, to solve this, um, but it's really tricky. It's using something, I wouldn't call it a proper solution, but it works. Um, I mean, by, by the, the way you're, you're explaining it, it doesn't sound nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least doesn't sound nice. No. So the, the SwiftUI is, is interesting as long as I like it a lot. And for the use cases that I have, I don't really need this. So as long as your use cases are limited in a couple of, uh, in a couple of ways, it, it's great to use it. Um, another thing where I wouldn't want to use it is the whole navigation stack that you get from SwiftUI is very limited for now. There's a lot of things you can't do, uh, including like the, it generates the list, which generates a table view in the background. And a lot of the things you would expect that don't work there or don't work correctly or are weird. So I, I wouldn't do a full app in SwiftUI because I think you run into a lot of issues. Um, and I also wouldn't um, wouldn't do a lot of the UI in a UI kit app. So the way I'm using it right now is for, for specific places that don't change size and so on. And it, it works great. And it's really interesting, even though the preview crashes all the time. But you get you get your <laughs> hang around that. So yeah. it's, it was worse in the beginning. Now I'm kind of understanding this a bit better. And um, so all in all, it, it, it's good. I still like using it that's because if it works, it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. Um, it's just interesting that the integration with UIKit is, it lacks a lot to be desired, which I find interesting. I mean, it's possible, which is good, but, but given that nobody is going to rewrite his app in SwiftUI right away, I would have thought that they added a bit more support to the UIKit integration to make it better. Um, this this whole hate issue it also hits popovers if you have your SwiftUI view and you place it into a popover the popover always has the maximum height even if you just have one label or one text in the popover what you want is that the popover only consumes as much height on iPad um, as the content in it this is all what also what the Apple human interface guidelines state but you can't do this with SwiftUI if you put something with SwiftUI into a popover it's always full height and you can't get the right height because obviously the, um, the there's no no property for that which is interesting so there's a lot of the, a lot to be desired but all in all I'm still enjoying using it yeah. um, and it's still a very cool technology but I think you you made a good point when you said you know I'm 
you know, I'm, I've been using this for, for months now and I'm like starting to get the hang of it and I'm starting to understand some things that, you know, maybe at the beginning we're like, why did, why did mm. they choose to do this? And I think that's a good point to, to come at. Um, I mean, I remember it from Swift itself, right? At some point, you start to get a feeling of protocols and how Swift uses them mm-hmm. in, like, in the standard library and how generics then work. And you start to build this mental model of like, hey, this is how I understand this framework and how, how I'm supposed to be using it. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's definitely still like some just some work to do, right? It's It's not done is how it feels because I'm... Uh, I actually shared this recently. I've been uh, mentoring through uh, a program called Import Foundation, which is super cool, and we can talk about that in an, in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to to mentee last Saturday, and like he's building a, an app in Swift UI, and he has this collection view, and he wants to basically scroll to a certain item in this. Uh, collection view and it seems like that's just not possible in SwiftUI like it's just not there yeah it's not possible so I think that that is something good to realize and, and I'm hoping that Apple is being able to to fill up those gaps hmm. uh, so that people can start getting you know their hands uh, like hands on with SwiftUI uh, know where those gap lie those gaps lie and then like fix those for for next year and and I think that's more exciting for me to see where people take it and know the the inconsistencies or the things that just don't work yet and then seeing what kind of apps come out next year. That and as a community, we together are discovering how to use SwiftUI. So there's obviously the way that the Apple tutorials work, that's how you can use it, but um, there we may discover more ways of how to structure it in a different way that makes more sense for testing, for example, that makes more sense from, for structuring the code. Um, and so we will discover new ways and new techniques uh, based on all the features that SwiftUI already offers. Some of them are really cool um, together as a community. Things, things that, a lot of things haven't been discovered yet, and there's so much open, open ground for, for how we actually use this framework to build things. And one thing I, I realized, actually, and it's, I like when I realized it, I was like, why did I only realize this now? Um, but with this new GitHub app, you know, really, really feeling like a new iOS 13 app, I was like, wait, are they using SwiftUI? Which I think they aren't, but I'm not sure, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized, like, for the end user, it really doesn't matter because no, it doesn't it really, doesn't, it doesn't change anything. But no. somehow I, I had this feeling, um, that SwiftUI just looks different and feels different, maybe because of like the default lists are like iOS 13 and all of that. Mm. Um, but that was an, an interesting realization that took months and months <laughs> to realize. Well, I mean, Apple said that a couple of things in iOS 13 are already written in SwiftUI where you wouldn't uh, where you wouldn't know it. What you as an end user might maybe see is that some features, UI features, might come faster. Um, because it's much to to you because it's much easier to build a certain kind of UI um, that was a lot more involved in in the days with UI Kit. Obviously, now you run into different issues um, because, as we said, it's buggy and some things don't work correctly. But those things will probably be fi- uh, fixed at, over time, and then it's much much faster to compose to um, prototype views with SwiftUI. Yeah. Okay, picks of the week. Um, well, weak. <laughs> that really didn't work out. <laughs> Picks of the episode. Picks of the episode. So um, 
I found something called on GitHub called Compositional Layouts Kit. And this is a nice project where, you know, there's this new compositional layout for your UI collection view in iOS 13 that allows you to compose really complex UI collection view layouts in a very nice manner. And there's a project called Compositional Layouts Kit, which I just quote, is a set of advanced compositional layouts for UI collection view with examples. And as you can see here, there are a couple of very complex UI collection view layouts implemented in there. Um, and since UI collection view composition, UI compositional layout is so new, this is really cool. If you if you want to use it, you can basically look at the examples and see how they're doing it. Um, it's very if you use that or if you want to use it, this is a great uh, great list of layout examples that you can just have a look at and see. Okay, how do you implement a mosaic layout or a group grid layout? How do I implement a gallery layout, a waterfall layout? All these things are pre-implemented. You can look at the implementation and understand it for yourself, and then you just have it. Yeah, that, that looks really nice. And I think that that's also something that we shouldn't forget about, is that a great, especially with UI, but a great example app is so useful. Yeah, absolutely. And this looks like a billion example apps in one, which is even more amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And especially because all this tech is so new, if you search for it on Stack Overflow and so on, you will find very little examples. And here you have the examples, you have GIFs that show with an animation what you get and what it looks like. So it's really cool, really easy to understand. Um, if you need this information, if you want to use this new technology from Apple and you don't really know how yet. Nice. What about you, Buzz? Um, yeah, so a friend of ours, Marina, uh, I don't know if, I, like I met her at Swift Island. I don't know when you met her. Last, last, I last met her in Spain. Well, sure, but I don't know when you first met her. But anyway, uh, she gave like she gave a workshop on compositional layout and more at at Swift Island, and then in at in Spain she gave a talk on UIKit's layout margins. Yeah, boring old UIKit, um, but it's not boring because it's a really cool talk. Uh, and now she's also released uh, all the the demo code on GitHub. Uh, which is also a really nice resource. If you're still using UIKit and want to, you know, use the new APIs there and, and make that work really nicely, um, take a look at that repository, I would say. I saw the talk. It's really great. It's You should really watch the talk and have a look at the code because it's it's really fantastic. And I saw somebody write on Twitter, I think, this should be part of Apple's default documentation. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, after Swift UI, we have some, some good UI kit things to, to look into yeah. as well. Always more to learn. All right. Benedict, it's been so nice again to, to talk to you. Same um, here. I've been missing it. Me too. Um, sadly, <laughs> I'm going to miss it again next month. Right. Um, so... We do have some interesting news, uh, if you haven't heard so via other means yet, which is that we're doing a live episode. Live episode. In January. Um, in January. And that's going to be super exciting. But it's not all, because probably we'll talk about that during that episode. Uh, we have some exciting things coming up for what will be season three, um, coming up in, in 2020. And I'm... So excited about it, um, but let's not yeah. tell you just let's yet. Let's get ahead of us. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Exactly. Regarding the live episode, when will it happen, Buzz? Uh, so that will happen at Cuckoo Heads in the first week, no, the second week of January on the Thursday, which Benedict is now looking up what day that I is. I thought you knew it. 
So the Thursday in the second week is the 9th. So it's yeah. the 9th of January. Um, Coco Heads in Hamburg. Coco Heads in Hamburg. So if you live close to Hamburg or you're willing to take the train from Berlin... <laughs> That would be amazing. I just did that yesterday <laughs> as part of a bigger train, right? Um, then, uh, yeah, we are doing a live episode um, and we will have, uh, we, we have already something planned, but we want to, we don't want to uh, talk about that now. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Buzz. All right. 